Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. Angela, this is our one-year anniversary this week of the show. Is it? Aww, yes, we started special. May 14th is when we launched Happy last year. Happy anniversary. What'd you get me? I didn't think this was an anniversary. I had to oh, get you no, something no, for it. No, everything is, that, everything is an occasion to get me something special. Okay, I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah, I was unawares, so I got you Well, pumpkins, then pr- pretend I never said it then. No, I can't undo the past. <laughs> okay. I'm like, this is not a Marvel movie. You can't undo it. Oh, wow. Okay. So, but yeah, so it, it's... Sorry, spoiler alert. It's, it's been, I think everybody's seen it at this point. I mean, that's one thing to, to mention that Endgame is making all the money. It's up to $2.5 billion at this point, and it seems like it's going to pass Avatar Ooh, as the number nice. one movie of all time. So it... It's just a matter of probably a few more weeks uh, by the time it passes it. But yeah, so it, it's been a it's been a year so far, and it's been a great year. I appreciate you know everybody that's yeah, listening. Yeah, I, I appreciate the listeners. We have because we wouldn't. I mean, we wouldn't still be doing it if it wasn't for you guys. You're the reasons why we do this. Definitely, and also because we like to talk to each other. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but we have some cool things in store. I think for the upcoming year to kind of expand the podcast and expand our presence so you know some things we're working on stay tuned yeah so we'll we'll see how much of that comes to fruition at this point (laughs) but going into disney news so we mentioned endgame's doing well the trailer for spider-man far from home came out and they actually i read have now added that trailer to the end of endgame so where there was no post-credit sting at the end of endgame there now is if you stay the sound right now, if you stay, you get to see the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. And they held off on it because it does contain spoilers for Endgame. So if you haven't seen it, again, there are probably not many people that haven't seen it at this <laughs> point. But I don't want to go into too many details on the trailer. But I just want to say Game Changer. When I saw the trailer, I texted you immediately, Game Changer. You have to watch it. I think it, it sets up some you know, huge things for the MCU. And I'm really excited to see how it plays out. And kind of what direction they take things. So, Spider-Man, that comes out in the beginning of July. So, really looking forward to it. Yeah. It's looking like a good movie. It looks like a lot of fun. So, uh, some other Disney news. Speaking of movies, uh, with the Fox-Disney merger now finalized, Disney now has, well, I was going to say two movie studios, but they have a lot more movie studios than that (laughs) because they have Marvel and Lucasfilm and Pixar and all those things. But they announced their movie lineup from now until 2027. So over the next eight years, they have 65 movies coming out. Um, I believe there are six Pixar movies and eight uh, MCU movies in the slate. Now, all of the MCU movies are untitled. There are no titles for any of them. They're just placeholder dates. We can kind of assume that because they've already announced that they're making a Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Mm-hmm. They've kind of already announced that they're making a Black Panther 2, unofficially to an extent, because they haven't officially announced anything past Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Marvel doing so well, you have to think that that one's going to get a sequel as well. Yeah. So we think we know what the Isn't next... Is there going to be a Black Widow A Black Widow movie? movie. Yeah. yeah, that one's kind of been announced as well. That's supposed to be filming. So there's two movies next year, which... I think a lot of people are, are saying maybe the Black Widow movie and a uh, second Black Panther movie, maybe a Doctor Strange 2 movie. But past that, nothing's been officially announced. I think they said this summer they'll probably be announcing 
the slate of what all these movies are. So that's pretty exciting. Pixar, they're all untitled as well. The Onward movie is the only one past mm-hmm. Toy Story that has, and that's coming out next year. So Toy Story 4 is coming out this year. Onward's coming out next year. Everything after that is untitled as well. The interesting thing is uh, that we mentioned a few weeks ago that they were going to be taking a hiatus from Star Wars movies. They're going to take a few years off. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out it's only three years. It's not not a huge hiatus, which yeah, really... But in uh, Disney terms, that'll definitely give them enough time to go to the drawing board, come up with some ideas, cultivate them, see where the problems are. Because as we know, with their movie-making process, there's a lot of times where they'll have an idea, go to... like almost have it to production and decide there's something wrong with it. Right. And it's interesting because, you know, probably even only five or six years ago, three years was kind of the standard in between movies and their sequels. You know, you if you had a big Hollywood blockbuster and the sequel got, you know, greenlit right away, it was about three years in between. You know, now they've shortened that to two years or so you could get a sequel in. So saying they're taking a hiatus and then only three years, that's really not that out of the ordinary uh, for a movie franchise. But what's interesting is Disney is essentially setting themselves up to own the Christmas season for... (laughs) Indefinitely. Well, no, for the next seven or eight years because what they've announced is they're pushing the Avatar sequel back a year from 2020... To 2021. To 2021. And then every other year they're going to alternate a christmas release of an avatar sequel and a star wars movie Hmm. so 2021 is avatar 22 is star wars 23 is avatar and so on and there's going to be three star wars movies and four avatar sequels so basically every other year which i think is kind of a good fit because there are similar i mean there's space stories it's 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 kind of similar but it's different enough that like you said, you're not going to get tired of seeing Star Wars movies every year, or Avatar movies every year, but it'll be interesting because nobody's going to put up uh, a big movie against that. Like I think at one of the years, Aquaman 2 is scheduled to come out around Christmas, so I'm sure they'll move because yeah. they're not going to want to go up against the, I can't. I think it's Avatar is, is one that's going up again. So yeah, Disney's pretty much has like the movies on lock <laughs> for, you know, for the next eight years here. Um, the other thing uh, we wanted to announce, which is kind of... Does Fox own Die Hard? Because I'm, I'm pulling for, for more Die Hard movies. I'm not sure. I didn't see anything for Die Hard. But yeah, I mean, and so there's a ton of Fox movies as well. So West Side Story comes out next year, as well as Disney's live action uh, Corella movie with, I'm Emma, sorry, with what, Emma Stone. What's her name? Corella. Corella. Okay. That's what I said. Corella, like Toyota Corella, right? Yep. Exactly. But those both come out next year. But yeah, so there's a ton of Fox movies as well that are, you know, lined up. So that's what I said, 65 movies over the next eight years. The other thing, which was kind of a surprise announcement, was that Disney announced that the space theme restaurant that is going in at Epcot, right behind Mission Space, is actually going to be open this year. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, which is pretty interesting. They had not announced a date, but I kind of assumed it was it wasn't going to be until next year. I mean, when we were there a month or two ago, it was basically like a concrete building. It didn't mm-hmm. even look like they had it completely built out yet. So it's kind of surprising that it's going to be open at, at some point this year. They haven't announced an official date. But it sounds like it's going to be an interesting restaurant. It sounds like it will be a little bit more high-end. They talked about having craft beers, over a 1,000 different types of wine there. 
So it seems like that they're going for a more s- signature experience. You know, okay. It's going to be outer space theme, but a, you know, a, a higher dining experience. So it, it should be pretty interesting to see whenever it opens. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll have to check it out as soon as it opens. It'll be it'll just be cool just to see i'm sure they're gonna display some of those those bottles i like to go and like i don't really like to drink the alcohol but i like to look at the bottles and how they have them all kind of you know displayed so that'll be fun exactly okay so on this week we're gonna be discussing a little bit more of our trip recap actually so (laughs) a couple weeks ago i think it was episode four 49 i want to say we discussed we kind of did our our trip recap from our recent trip when we were in florida for the star wars rival run and we were in the park for a few days and after we recorded and i edited it and everything i was like we didn't talk about this and yeah there were so many things that we talked for like an hour and we still missed so much so yeah we, we got off and i was like wait we ate at that um so was it Suli? I can't remember how exactly you Suli said. Suli Cantina. Cantina. We ate there twice, and yet we, I we either didn't mention it or we mentioned it as an end note at the like just right before the podcast ended. We enjoyed it a ton and forgot it. Right. So there was a list of like four or five things. So I told Angela, we need to do another kind of little recap here. There was and and one thing and kind of the main thing I wanted to talk about. And always had planned to do it as a separate episode. And what we'll start with is the Instagram walls and this whole phenomenon <laughs> of Disney having these Instagrammable walls. So we'll kind of talk about that first. And then afterwards, we'll kind of fill in some of the other things that we missed from our, our original trip recap because there's just so much. Okay, so starting with the Instagram walls. So this was something I had stumbled upon before our trip and i was telling you about it that hey we need to go find some of these walls we need to find these Instagram and i made walls. fun of you and i was gonna say you made fun of me so bad of like it's a wall like who cares but by the end of it you were so into it and you started <laughs> well, ironically yeah, you started it started, to- it started as a complete like irony i was like at our hotel we had this wall and i'm like this is the macaroni and cheese wall because it was orange so i would i made you take my picture in front of it but then i was just like finding myself walking throughout the park and i'm like oh is that an interesting wall over there is that a wall joe and it became legitimate yeah you found walls everywhere so and and yeah at the end of it you you were all into you're more i mean there are walls everywhere right well at the end of it though you were so into it i was like okay angela you've ruined this for me you're welcome. You found so many walls. You just need to stop. Not everything is necessarily. I mean, every a wall. building at least has a wall. Very t- at least. <laughs> I think it's gonna have to have more than one wall to at least be a building. But uh, sure, we'll give you that. I don't know. Disney probably just keeps up their buildings by magic. <laughs> that could be. That could be. So, kind of going back and and how all of this started. If if people aren't necessarily familiar with the Instagram walls, I guess it depends how much on Instagram you are, but it all started with the purple wall in the magic kingdom in Tomorrowland. So there is, and it's essentially, it's essentially a wall and it's purple. Yeah. It's like a really nice, you know, kind of lavendery color purple. Yeah. It's very unassuming and I'm, you know, it had probably been there for years and nobody really noticed it. And then with the, you know, advent of Instagram, people started taking 
pictures everywhere and posting them. And so people started taking pictures in front of this purple wall. Because it makes a really nice backdrop. So, you know, when you go and get your go to a studio and get your picture taken, they have usually that uniform background. So um, and then you notice like it's it became a thing for senior photos to go to a brick building that has a really nice brick wall or graffiti on it. So it makes perfect sense that this became a thing. Exactly. And so, you know, a lot of people take pictures, their Mickey ears, they had a Mickey pretzel or something in front of it. And and then it just became a thing. Hashtag purple wall. And it, it just kind of took on a life of its own. And somebody so there's I looked up on Instagram. If you look up hashtag purple wall, there are 60,000 pictures that come up under that hashtag of people taking pictures under the, with the purple wall. Tomorrow, there will be 60,001. 60, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Probably right now, there's 60,001. Well, yeah. So When's the last time you checked your stats? Stats, man. And it's roughly 60,000. Uh, I know. Mean, I want an exact number. Ex- I did not go through and count every picture. I will well, start Well, I there. expect better. I will start. This go is not through. what I listen to this podcast as for. As soon as this is over, I will go through and I will just sit and count every single picture on that there. That should keep you busy for the rest of the night. Well, it'll t- keep me busy forever because there'll probably just be new ones coming as, <laughs> as quickly as I can count them. So... But then somebody else. That's what I'm going to tell you whenever you're annoying me. <laughs> yeah. Let's go count purple yeah, wall go, pictures. Go count the purple wall pictures. So somebody else created a fan Instagram account, an actual account for the purple wall so that people can post, can kind of tag their pictures of the purple wall and, and, and they post it. And that Instagram account alone has 19,000 followers. Whoa. So this isn't a Disney. I need that person's help on upping our followers. I know. This, so that's not even like a Disney official Instagram. It is just somebody's Instagram that they made for the purple wall and has 19,000 followers. So the purple wall is kind of taking on a life of its own. A few years ago, there was like a big uproar because Disney redid the purple wall. So they like were were doing renovations on it and people were so upset thinking it was going to go away. Mm-hmm. And they came back and they, and they painted it purple again. But then they also added like a new section that has I some... I think they should have painted it black. <laughs> Pe- <laughs> people were upset enough. The black wall, that would have... That would have gone people going crazy. So, so we don't have to pay any royalties. Okay. <laughs> so, but what they added is some like geometric shapes to it. So they still have the original purple wall, but then a part of it now has some different patterns on it, which I think actually creates it an even nicer character. picture. Yeah. So Disney is now like leaned into this wall thing. Now that they've seen, hey, Instagram and a lot of businesses now I'll try to get on Instagram, but it seems like everything Disney does, I mean, all their food now, everything in Pandora, all the shakes and the food yes. and the drinks, it's everything all Everything is created for Instagram, for sure. Right. So now they have all these walls now. It's just another thing. And, it, and it's really, it's a super easy thing to do because you put up a wall and put some sort of decoration on it, and then it draws people there to take pictures of it and it essentially costs them nothing and it's just like free publicity i have to paint a picture for you right now this has nothing to do with the walls joe talking about the walls is like doing like rapper hands like he's like i don't know his hands are out to the side and he's like like shaking them like i I don't know like he's he's going to a beat or something so i just talk with my hands that's all I'm very excited about Instagram You're very walls. Very excited about I'm, a wall. I'm very animated about the walls. There, we, we're in a room right now with four walls. Oh my gosh! How, what is that doing for you? You're, you? you're keeping it together. These are walls. Well. These are walls. These are the new. Uh, these are the new Instagram walls here. So, but so like I was saying, so everywhere now there's there's walls, and 
so we kind of, you know, went and, and I've read places that there's over, you know, 50 or so walls at this point. And again, to your point, you know, you were finding things that, hey, this could be a wall, but, you know, maybe it's not a wall that a lot of people have seen. But if you go, I mean, there's lists out there of kind of the top walls, or if you go on Instagram and search, you know, like hashtag Disney walls, you can find some of the top ones on hashtags. So we kind of, you know, made a point to try to go find, at least I did it first, and then you ironically went, and then you started loving it. <laughs> so we went, so we, we found the purple wall. So again, so that this one is definitely is, like a millennial thing, almost, or like a younger, or younger than millennial or millennial thing. Yeah. Like people who Instagram. love to take pictures of themselves in, yeah. front of, in front of walls. It's Instagram. But th- they are great for Instagram. I mean, when you see them, they're very unassuming, but when you take a picture of them, I have to say, they do turn out really nice. I mean, they, they do provide a lot of great backdrops. So we'll kind of run through s- some of the more popular ones that, that we saw and got our and took pictures on. And we'll post some of these pictures on our Instagram at Enchanted Ears Podcast. Angela will put a few of those up. Yes. Um, so you can you can check some of them out that we're talking about. Or you can, like I said, just check Instagram for the hashtag. But we'll kind of describe where some of them are. So if you're going down on a trip and you want to you know, get your picture in front of the world you're having, famous. You're struggling finding a wall. Yeah, the world famous uh, purple wall. And actually, the purple wall has its own slushy now. <laughs> a purple wall slushy. Oh my. That that's after that. But so we'll start with the purple wall. Like I said, it's in Tomorrowland by Tomorrowland Terrace and Monsters Inc. Laugh Factory. It's really easy to see. So as you're walking into Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland Terrace is on your right. If you look to the left of that. You'll see just a curved wall that's purple. You can't miss it. That's it. <laughs> that's the purple wall. So that, like I said, that's the most popular one. Epcot has uh, quite a few. Uh, there's a couple right around Spaceship Earth. So on Spaceship Earth, the on the one side of the exit is, they call it the bubblegum wall. And that's kind of like a... It's pink and... And red. It has like stripes in yeah. it. Yeah. And then on the other side is the blueberry wall, which yeah, is similar. I think the, the bubblegum one is, is, is light pink, dark pink, and a purple, right. I believe. And, it, and it's, there's some stripes in it. And then the other side is stripes with blue, and that's that's the blueberry wall. There is a rose gold wall over by Mission Space. And then over at Nemo and Friends is the, they call it the toothpaste wall. <laughs> and that is like right by the exit of the Nemo and Friends. And it, it's, again, it's kind of just striped. And I don't know why they call it a toothpaste wall. I mean, I guess it's kind of like... Is it toothpaste color? Well, I guess it's kind of like the... You know like how toothpaste, if you get the toothpaste with the swirls in it? Yeah. It, it's kind of like that. Like so. the... Is it Aquafet, Aquafresh? Yeah, something like that. But I think my favorite one in Epcot was the mosaic yeah, wall. Yeah, the mosaic wall, right... Right going into, was it the land? Yeah, right going into the, the land pavilion. So as you're walking into the land pavilion, on your right is just a giant mosaic. So that has become the, you know, hashtag mosaic wall. So there's a lot of different picture spots there because that mosaic is pretty big and, and you know, each section is different. It's not like it's a uniform shape or pattern like some of these other walls are. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is... It's really pretty, and you can move just a little slight, like slight bit, and then you get a completely different looking picture. Animal Kingdom, there's an, uh, Animal Kingdom walls. I think were the hardest to find. Mm-hmm. So Epcot's pretty easy. The purple wall is very easy to find in the Magic Kingdom. 
Hollywood Studios uh, has a few walls. So I guess we can talk about those real quick. So most of those are in Toy Story Land. So they have, as you're exiting Toy Story Mania, there's a popsicle stick wall yes. on one side. And, and the checkerboard. And the checkerboard wall on the other side. So you can either ride Toy Story Midway Mania, and then as you exit, you can see it. Or if you just walk down the exit, it's right there. Mm-hmm. And then they also have a... Jack-Jack wall? There's that Jack. There's Jack a Jack Jack wall in Hollywood Studios in the Incredibles area, and then it's him busting through the the brick wall. Right. So it's and, his. It's the imprint of his body. Right. And, and that's, footprints on and the. That's floor. actually something I wanted to talk about that we didn't mention last show was that Incredibles area that they have there at Hollywood mm-hmm. Studios. So they took where the old kind of Pixar area was, and instead of closing that in to kind of keep space in the park for people to go to, they've made that all Incredibles theme now, which I thought was really well done. Yeah. It's a very simple overlay, but you're right. They have the Jack-Jack wall. It looks like he's kind of ran through the wall. They have an Edna Mode meet and greet. They have an incredible yeah. street show. So it's a nice little corner that's completely Incredibles themed that I think was really well done. Yeah, and they had some um, some themed like slushies and things. So, uh, like down that down that corridor and some popcorn, I believe. So it was it was pretty good. There's a Frozone slushy, I think. Yeah. And there was some other one. And they one of them came with like I think cotton candy on top. They looked pretty good. Again, yeah. Instagram worthy. Yeah. And I kind of wonder, you know, the second Incredibles movie did really well. They built the Incredicoaster over in DCA. I kind of wonder now that they have this Incredibles zone in Hollywood Studios. If as they expand, they build some sort of Incredibles attraction there, mm-hmm. you know that they, there that. may be some expansion room there because it seemed like, like I said, it's basically it's a dead end alleyway that goes nowhere. But there's a lot of people in there just to go see Edna Mode or go see the Incredibles, you know, street show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the last wall, what I was going to say is in uh, Toy Story Land is the the block wall. So it's like toy blocks kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, and that's the last wall there. Did we take our picture in front of that one? Yes, yes. Oh. yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah, we, these are all kind of the walls that we saw and got our picture in front of. So, like I said, there's probably a ton more walls oh, yeah. that we didn't see. Yeah. But then in Animal Kingdom, a lot of the walls are uh, kind of difficult to find. So, there's like a Harambe market wall, like in the market. Mm-hmm. There, There's some there with... Um, kind of like newspapers and then there's one of like a painting of mickey and and that is like in the market as well but they're kind of difficult to find so didn't we walk around trying to find the harambe wall and i don't think we ever no did. yeah we did find it we did yeah but that but yeah we did we walked around a couple of times because you know you look on the internet and it says okay here are the walls and you know they're in this is kind of where they are but they're more kind of like down alleyways or the way animal kingdom's built it's not as straightforward as the other parks of, you know, there's just a one-way road going to and from a place. It's built, especially that Harambe marketplace. There's a lot more side streets and alleyways and things. So you can kind of get turned around in there. Absolutely. A few times, but there's a couple walls back there. And then Pandora going back to Pandora, they have the Moss wall, which is right outside the Sully Cantina. Easy for me to say. Uh, and it's there, like, by the bathrooms. Like, there's a couple, and they're just kind of, like, half walls that have, that are moss-covered. And they, they kind of create 
a nice picture. If you get the um, Ponga Ponga drink, yes, and take that, take a it's picture, a nice backdrop. take a picture of that, yeah, in front of the moss wall, it does create a nice backdrop. So, exactly. and um, we're talking about Disney World specifically right now, but Disneyland also has its own walls, which you know we're not going to go into. I, I, I'm just perusing Instagram right now, and I'm seeing that there's a cool Buzz Lightyear, like it's his his pack that has the the wings in it, and so I'm seeing a lot of photos of people jumping, perfectly posed right in front of the. Uh, the wings to make it look like they're flying. So, uh, again, you can find them in probably any park. So when we go right. to Japan, we'll have to find some walls there. Right. And like I said, and, and we only saw, you know, the walls that we're able to, to look up online or as we were kind of walking through the parks we saw. So if, you know, any of our listeners out there have gotten their pictures in front of any of the walls we mentioned, we'd love to see the pictures, you know, put them on Facebook, uh, comment on when we uh, link up this episode comment with your pictures or if you have yeah. any other walls that we didn't mention that are maybe lesser known you know definitely let everybody know where those are so that we can see them so kind of we mentioned the Incredibles area but then kind of getting into some of the other stuff you know that that we missed a little errors and omissions here from our our last recap episode uh, a few things we wanted to talk about well one thing and I can't believe I, did, I completely forgot about this because this is something I've been wanting to do for years <laughs> whenever I've gone down to Disney World. What, go to Beaches and Cream? <laughs> <laughs> Not that. I've done that before. But it's the Behind the Seeds tour. Oh, my Epcot. gosh. Yeah, and we completely missed it. And I it. can't believe I forgot about that. We finally got to do that this time. And it was... And it lived up to all the years of hype. Yeah, and it was. it's a one-hour tour. And it's only like $20, I think. It's a very inexpensive tour. But it's great. So if you love living with the land, which I think is probably one of the most like underrated rides. Yeah, but I think that it has a lot of diehard fans too. I, oh, I think there are a does. lot of people who really like it. It does, but I think there's sh- that line's never that long. Like I right. think it, it's, it's always well, surprising. Each that of those boats' that. capacity is pretty. I mean, it's probably ten people, maybe. Oh, it's way more than that. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say conservatively ten. So it can move ten people, and it's constantly moving it's slowly, but constantly moving. 10. Yeah, I mean, I if I had to pick, so in the land pavilion you have Soren and living with the land. If I could only ride one. I'm riding living with the land over soaring. So a lot of people may not agree with that. But but so this you get to go behind the scenes. They call it behind the seeds because you get to go behind the scenes of the greenhouses there. And you learn. And we found some walls back there. Speaking of that. Okay. This is this is at the point where you're just finding walls everywhere. <laughs> they had. Yeah. They had designed a special um, wall to. You're going to have to explain this because I really didn't hear her explanation of it but it was basically they have walls that filter out the humidity and they were, the heat it, they were basically just giant um condenser walls to cool the greenhouse to right keep the greenhouse so cool. they were basically they almost look like um they look like cardboard it, but it was black they were yeah like it was like a corrugated cardboard. essentially mm-hmm. yeah and it, it did make an interesting backdrop so that's a secret wall you can only get on the behind the seats tour yeah but yeah but it was a really great tour they take you back in the greenhouses and they kind of talk about, you know, how they use the bugs to keep pests away and kind of their different planning methods. So when you ride the Living with the Land ride, you see some of that. And, and some of it's explained of, you know, how they have plants just hanging there and the roots aren't in dirt. They just kind of miss them or how they use fish hydroponics to grow things and, and the different you know things that they're doing. 
But on the behind the scenes tour, you get to go into a lot more detail. Someone from the greenhouse walks you around so you can ask questions. And, and they talk about certain things. Like one of the things I found fascinating is they were growing tomato plants and they grow like one plant is like a hundred feet long that they just keep shifting it over as it grows and keep shifting it over and they wrap it around and it looks you know if you see it and you're right on the boat ride you're gonna think oh that's just you know there's a lot of plants there that they're rolling up but it's really like 20 plants that they just keep rotating that are they just turn it they turn the crank and it spins just a little bit to keep the plants held up and so that whenever more grows it is able to you know they could just right. keep it. And that vine probably had to be 100 feet long. And they said huge. it helps with um, harvesting as well because they can just roll around on a stool and harvest them. Yeah. And the other, like going back to the thing, because the most fascinating part to me was just how they mitigate the damage of the different pests that infest the plants. And one of the ways they do this, besides you know introducing other kinds of bugs that will eat or kill the pest bugs, is also they plant plants underneath like the tomatoes. They they pointed out that there are plants underneath the tomatoes. I can't remember what kind of plants they were. Well, is there anything that, that smells that would yeah. deter? So anything that has well, a high that fragrance. too that too. But they planted other plants as like to attract like the pest plants. plants. Yeah, right. decoy plants to attract those pests to those, so that the plants that they really were trying to grow were able to you know not get infected and. Um, they don't. They didn't have the problem with those plants. So they basically would just plant plants for the pests, in in at, like in general. So that was really, I think that was probably my favorite part. One of my favorite parts, just learning about that. Right, because they don't use pesticides in there. Because because there's a there's a boat ride coming through, so they they have to be careful like the chemicals they use and, and the pesticides they use. And again, and it's food. They don't want to use that kind of things in the food. Although they admitted that a lot of they don't usually the food's for show a lot of it a lot of that goes to some of it some of it goes to the restaurants but some of it like they've mentioned i think it was the winter melon how big it was how it was it was mostly for show and yeah i think that was the only thing yeah a lot of the stuff if it's not you know high enough quality that it will go to like animal kingdom for the animals or but a lot of it i mean does go to the restaurants and things yeah so yeah so it's a really great i i definitely recommend it if you are a fan of living with the land or you're just interested in and kind of that agricultural I didn't really think I would be that it. interested in yeah, it. And it's, it's it, really it was really interesting. And <laughs> our tour guide um, apologized to us multiple times for being too excited. And I, I was like, honey, like, don't apologize. Like, never apologize for being passionate about what you do. She was so excited. And it made the tour so much better because she was there. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's really good. Uh, so uh, a couple other things then. Uh, another thing I can't believe we forgot to mention was the minivans. <laughs> so the the minivan service, this was the first time we've been down there since they started the minivan service, which this is essentially another way of transportation. It's through the Lyft app, but instead of getting a general Lyft driver, you get a, a Disney employee that has a van that's that it is looks like it, mini yeah looks it like is mini mouse. it is patterned with the red polka uh, dots yeah the red and white polka dots just like mini skirt exactly so that's what they call them mini vans and what's really nice about them is everything everything is really yeah. nice i'm gonna cut you off right here 
I mean, yeah, they were great. You're not by yourself. You're not in a hot bus or a cold bus or anything. The temperature was just right. There's a really nice, soft, jazzy version of all these Disney classics playing in the background, which serves as really nice music. The drivers, I mean, we had one driver that was pretty quiet, but we were quiet too because I think we were we were tired from racing and stuff. But the other, I think we took one two or three times. Did you, I think it was maybe yeah, three. I, I think we took yeah, like three. We took them a few But the times. other two drivers that we had were really, uh, I don't want to say chatty. They were really knowledgeable. And they told us a lot about the tr- the the um, the gondolas and uh, just general things going on around Disney World. So that was just, yeah, everything about it was fantastic. You got there so much faster. Uh you pay through the app, so you don't have to like give them. There's no exchange of money. Yeah. Well, what I was gonna say is, compared to if if you're somebody that likes to lift or use Uber, compared to those kind of ride sharings, the benefit of using the minivans is it's a it's Disney employed, and it, they can take you closer. So it's a big thing at the Magic Kingdom because. If you take the bus transportation, you get dropped off right at the front of the Magic Kingdom. If you take a lift, you you only get dropped off at the ticket and transportation center, and then you have to take a monorail over to the main ticketing area because they're not you know Disney lifts. But if you take a minivan, they will drop you off at the front of the park where the buses are. So they can go the same access any, anywhere the buses can go to. But it does make it really nice when you're trying to go to places that don't have necessarily as frequent buses. Like we had to go to the ESPN zone to pick up our race pack and come back. So you know we used the minivan Yeah, you would there. have had to have used multiple connections to get there. And, and that, that and, eats yeah. away at your time. Yeah, they had buses or, you know, like when we were going to Disney Springs and, and coming back. So it is, it was really just really efficient. You know, we wanted to try it because it's something new. And, but then it, it was like so easy to use. We ended up using it a couple of times. I will say it, it seemed to be, you know, looking at going into the Lyft app, it's really easy to use. You can see a minivan versus like a regular Lyft. It seemed to be... Uh, maybe around like two to three times more expensive as a normal lift. Um, but again, I mean, there's only two of us. If you had a larger group, cause I think they can fit like six people in their car. Plus they also have car seats. So that's a huge plus. If you have children, you know, sometimes lifts don't have car seats. So it, it's, it can work out to be, you know, a pretty good deal, even if it's a little bit more expensive, you know, than a lift, especially to save time or to have that, you know, knowledgeable, uh, you know, cast member, you know, driving the lift for you. Exactly. Um, we definitely, I, it, the thing that keeps coming to my mind is I remember when we went to Sanaa, it was really difficult to kind of get, catch the buses to go there. And then there not that many buses go to the particular, I can't remember what the lodge, Animal Kingdom Kingdom lodge, lodge. Or, yeah, we had to catch a couple buses to get there and that would have been much easier had the minivan service existed when we went down there before and went to Sanaa. I will say a, a resort that the minivans are probably really good at would be the uh, Caribbean Beach Resort because that is so big that there's a bus that you just have to take around the resort. And I stayed there one time, and it can take a long time to get a, a bus to go to the parks because there's so many buses just going around the resort or depending on what section of the resort you're staying in. You may get on a bus and have to take three or four stops until you actually start going <clears throat> off to, you know, the theme park wherever you're going to. So, you know, taking a minivan might not be a bad idea there, at least until the gondola system opens and then you can go over to Epcot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think kind of one of the last things I wanted to talk about was the new Lightning McQueen uh, Race Academy experience. So this is off behind the Aerosmith ride in a theater I never knew existed. It is off in the corner of Hollywood Studios that is very easy to miss. It was a decent show. I mean, it's a really good animatronic of Lightning McQueen, and it's a good show. I will say it doesn't seem like a lot of people are going to it. I mean, we literally walked right in yeah. as a show is starting, and I think it's because it is so far away. People don't even realize. Like I said, I didn't realize that building existed, and it yeah. was there before. They mm-hmm. just added this in there. I didn't realize it existed before we went to see this experience, and I don't think a lot of people realize it's back there. I think they're going to have to do – some marketing especially when galaxy's edge opens and they're trying to disperse people to get people to go back there to go ride it yeah i i remember i mean i thought it was cute i think we left and we were kind of like yeah that was a show like it wasn't there was nothing really special the animatronic of lightning lightning queen was really cool but yeah i thought it was good i feel like much like the movie cars itself it falls flat and there's has a flat tire and there's a big (laughs) And it's a big screen around him. Sorry so they can like easily it. change out yeah. that show. I mean, there there is talk of them creating a holiday-themed one or like a Halloween-themed one so that they could easily switch that show up throughout the year to keep it fresh to kind of help with the repeatability of it. Because I think once you see the show once, it's not something you necessarily have to go back and see every time. But if it was, if we went back and it was a you know, Halloween-themed show, I would go potentially see it again because it's going to be a little bit different. I kind of want to see. And also there's that scarcity principle going on where it's like, Oh, well this only plays in Halloween. When's the next time we're going to be here? Well, we want to do this because it's only going to be here for this particular time period. Exactly. So it would be a good way to funnel people. And then I think the last thing you wanted to mention was we did go to beaches and cream and kind of as following up on the, you know, allergy, uh, you know, episode we did uh, a few, maybe a month ago at this point or two, uh, kind of talking about the different you know accommodations Disney has. You had a ch- so grilled had, chicken sandwich. It was well, it was a cheddar bacon ranch chicken sandwich, and uh, they had it on a gluten free bun. And unlike some other places that I've eaten gluten free buns before, the bun here was soft and it was well. Really, it's because they bake it fresh, right? So, yeah, so they had mentioned uh, that. Unlike other places, because even. We ate at other places in Disney. It had gluten-free buns, and you could tell they they were kind of just like a store-bought or like a package right. thing. Right. Where they yeah. mentioned at Beaches and Cream, because you talked about how good it was, that they said, we have a bakery here, and we bake everything fresh so that we uh, – so, that it, you know, it was, a, it was a freshly baked gluten-free bun. Yes. So it was uh, – it didn't taste like sand. Like a lot of gluten-free buns kind of have this sand consistency. I just wouldn't eat it. I would just say, I can't do this. If, it, if I didn't eat sand. Yeah, it, it has like this real grainy and um, hard, but like not hard like a brioche bun where it's got that like good crust on it. It's just like, ugh. Um, it, it was not like that at all. It was soft and really tasty. It tasted like regular bread. And the sandwich itself was fantastic. Yeah, so it, beaches and cream. I love the desserts there, yeah. and it, you know, they had the best gluten-free. And again, it's because they have their own bakery there. So exactly. we just kind of wanted to mention that because we had talked about that before. So I think that covers it. I think that was everything we missed from the last one. I mean, I'm sure there's probably We're going to have a third things. episode of what we missed from what we missed. Exactly. Airs and emissions on our airs and emissions one. So <laughs> we want to thank everybody for listening again this week. 
Uh, like I said, it's been a, a great year doing this podcast. We look forward to the upcoming year. You know, hopefully, like I said, we you know we have some exciting stuff we kind of like to try and do. So hopefully, we can you know get to some of that stuff over the next year. If you've seen Avengers Endgame, we have our spoiler kind of special out where we discuss some of the movie. Yeah, reminder in case you had to skip over that because you hadn't seen it yet. Go back and listen to it. That's another one I feel like that there's probably another hour of stuff I can talk about at this point because the, the directors have released some additional information on like what their thoughts of some of the scenes and or caps of, capabilities and alter on. Yeah, exactly. And like what they were thinking about whenever they did the movie. So I, I could probably talk about that movie for another hour or two. I mean, didn't you say that the Empire Film Podcast talked about it for like four hours? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so but so go back and listen to that if you've seen it. You know, let us know what what you thought of the movie. Let us know, like I said, if you've done any of the Instagram walls. Um, we'll, we'll be posting this on Facebook. You can post your pictures on there. We we are at Enchanted Ears Podcast on Facebook. We mentioned our Instagram earlier at Enchanted Ears Podcast as well. You know, if you like the podcast, and again, thank everybody for supporting us. Take a minute, leave a review on iTunes or Google, wherever you you know listen to your podcast. Every review helps. It kind of helps us find a wider audience, so that way we can get more people to listen to us. And you know, kind of the more we can grow this, the more fun things we can do. But we'll catch everybody here again next Monday. And remember, have, have a, a magical, magical day. day.